Are you feeling stuck? Are you worried about what others think and this stops you from taking action? Do you need to find the proof that you're as strong and courageous as you wish you were? That's where I can help. Welcome to Finding Proof, a podcast where you learn to create the tools you need to reach the next level of your success. I'm your host, Dr. Tess Crawley. I'm an Australian clinical and forensic psychologist and an evidence-based success strategist. I'm on a mission to help you find the evidence you need to make the next courageous leap in your life, business and work. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Finding Proof podcast. Today's episode is all about how to leave your job with your dignity intact. Now, I've got a bit of a confession to make. I have not always left jobs in a dignified manner. Now, at the moment, I'm actually pretty, pretty pissed off. I'm sad and pissed off. And I think that these are two feelings that many bosses can relate to when they're in the process of staffing changes. Sad to see good people go, even though you're excited for their future, their future endeavours. Pissed off because it creates so much uncertainty in a team that you just want to make sure that they're feeling nurtured and they're feeling secure. So if you follow my Finding Proof Facebook live show, you might have seen this week I talked about this mixed emotions experience from the perspective of a business owner. Today I want to talk to you about what it's like to be on the other side of the fence, what it's like to leave a job and how to do that with your dignity intact. Now, I said I had a confession. I said I haven't always done what I'm about to talk about. Uh, There's a story I can tell you. I was probably 21 years of age working in a Mexican restaurant, of all things, here in Melbourne, which is where I am at the moment for business. And one beautifully balmy Sunday afternoon in the summertime, blue skies, with some friends in our backyard enjoying a barbecue and a couple of drinks. And I was meant to go to work at 5pm. Now, as a 21-year-old, I was old enough to know better. But I am ashamed to say that I did not do the right thing. Not only did I not go to work, I accepted a challenge from a friend of mine to let him ring my workplace and tell them I'd left the country. Now, that is bad behaviour. Bad, bad, bad behaviour. It's a funny story over a dinner party but I think back to that time and I think my goodness my bosses at the time they were such good people and they had supported me a lot in giving me lots of work when I was struggling financially and uh, I treated them poorly so I did sometime later go in and um, shamefacedly offer my apology unfortunately it was too little too late I couldn't repair the damage I had done So that was a little bit of a wake-up call for me as an employee, thinking about what's it like for bosses when I, as an employee, leave? What's What's their experience and what's my experience of leaving a workplace? So in that situation, I was sad for a really long time that I had done such a bad thing and I was embarrassed. I was um, quite ashamed of my behaviour, but I was mostly I was sad that I had done the right thing by that relationship, that some people who'd been really good to me 
deserved better and I had behaved really poorly. So I'm still cringing when I think back on that memory. I can tell you another story actually. When I was um, also in my early 20s, I watched as my grandfather, who had been a builder in Tasmania, a very skilled builder and very well known and well liked among his peers, he retired. And I remember watching with quite some curiosity about the curiosity about how he was coping because what I noticed in watching him post-retirement was this air of sadness and an air of loneliness. And I came to be aware over time that he was incredibly sad that the mateship, this is a big Australianism mateship, the mateship he had experienced in working as a builder the Friday night drinks, the raucous laughter on the building site, the inappropriate comments when young women walked past, all of that camaraderie and larrikin behaviour that is so common among building sites around Australia. When he left that, he was really shocked that none of his workmates, who, ha who he had drank with every Friday night for decades, None of them rang him to see how he was going. None of them rang him to catch up for a social drink. Now, that for him was a devastating blow and it took him quite some time to get over it. Another example of the relationships and the role of relationship in the workplace. And I think that when we spend a little bit of time thinking about the relationship when we're leaving a job, it might actually guide our behaviour a little bit. So today I'm talking about leaving a job with dignity and integrity. What does this have to do with finding proof? When you're leaving a job, you're moving on to something else, aren't you? You're moving on to your next courageous step in your career. And you need to do that from a place of authenticity, a place of courage and confidence, and from a place of dignity and integrity. Because, of course, your career is littered with a history of relationships. And you never know which one of those relationships is going to serve you in the future and which one of those relationships will go on to become a meaningful personal relationship, a friendship as well. So when you are leading a job, you need to be mindful of your own behaviour, of your own integrity and how you are going to step out of that workplace and into a new workplace mindful of that relationship and, and caring for that relationship. Now, I too often have seen work employees, whether they're my employees or in, in, in you know, employment that I've had in the past when I'm talking to um, people who are on the, on the way out of a job that, I, that I'm sharing with them. Too often I see them spend a lot of time and energy trying to make their boss wrong. And this would be the same boss that previously they've really enjoyed working with and they've had a lot of respect for and they've treated as a mentor. But in those final weeks of leaving a job, all of a sudden they're looking for evidence that their boss is actually a bad guy because they're trying to make themselves feel better about leaving. And I think sometimes we fall into this assumption that we can only leave if things are really bad. Otherwise, why would we leave? Now, I've been listening to some great, um, some great words from Kim Scott, her book, Radical Candor, and I've been listening to that on Audible. And she talks a lot about the relationships, about how good leaders are keen to know what your future goals are outside of your employment with them.
so that they can help you shape your role within the organisation or shape your role so that it's a stepping stone to where you want to go. Good leaders know that employees are not going to stay with them forever. I'm very well aware in my team, I'm very well aware that I get an average of two to three years out of most of my clinicians. If I'm really lucky, some of them will stay longer. If I'm really unfortunate, some of them will, will leave sooner. But on average, two to three years seems to be about the life expectancy within my private practice. And I think that's fairly common among mental health professional private practices from what I've, I've learned through talking with others. Now, when we make our bosses wrong, we do such a disservice to ourselves because we're tarnishing the memory of great experiences that could actually lead to growth further down the track in ways we can't imagine yet. So I worked for a time as a psychologist in a prison setting and I was, um, it was an amazing experience. The work that I did with the inmates was very, very challenging, but in particular, that team that I worked with, some incredible psychologists and social workers and nurses. That team was just amazing. It was a one in a lifetime experience working in such a united team. There were about 10 of us and we just gelled so beautifully and we had a lot of fun. Our work was marked with lots of black humour to get us through the day, but we socialised together. And the thing about working in a prison setting is it is such an alien culture that it's easier just to socialise with each other than it is to socialise with other people because other people don't get it. I think police and other first responders have similar experiences. It's easier to socialise among your own because then you can sort of relax and you know that you're not going to be, um, you know, talking about things that you shouldn't <laughs> among external people. When I left that job, it was a really big decision for me to leave. And I remember being very um, in two minds about it because I, I really felt that that particular job was a once in a lifetime opportunity. It was my dream job and it was my first job as a registered psychologist. And getting your dream job, this is where this saying of be careful what you wish for, getting your dream job as your first job is really a bit of a mixed blessing because I knew that I had so much more to learn. Suddenly I was on the outside. I absolutely grieved the loss of that job, the loss of those relationships in particular. That's what I grieved. I felt so isolated, not because people were suddenly mean to me, but because I, I wasn't on the inside anymore. So I couldn't be involved anymore in their conversations. I couldn't be involved anymore in their Friday night drinks because it just was awkward. So it made it really hard for me to maintain those friendships. Now, 20 years later or however long later, maybe 15 years later, you know, those relationships are still intact because I treated them with care and I treated them with integrity as best I could as a younger person. When I talk about relationships, I'm not talking about friendships. I think one of the big mistakes that people make, and I certainly think that, you know, bless these cotton socks, but my grandfather made this mistake too. And I think this is where the making others wrong, making your boss wrong, making your coworkers wrong, making the job wrong, you know, trying as best you can to tarnish that workplace so you feel better about leaving. Look, 
I know what you're thinking. It's easy to tarnish bosses and workplaces. It's easy to say, well, I wouldn't leave if it wasn't shit. I wouldn't leave if bosses weren't assholes. I wouldn't leave if bosses weren't all about the money. The important thing to remember, your boss has to prioritise the financial viability of the business they run. Otherwise, everyone loses their job. Your boss cares about you, cares about your future, and cares about what they're contributing to your career. But your boss cannot make business decisions based on what you want or what you like or what you think is fair if it's not to the betterment of the organisation. Now, a good boss will take your recommendations into account, absolutely, but a boss isn't always going to agree with you. That doesn't make them wrong. And it doesn't make you wrong either for disagreeing with them. But it, sometimes we have to agree to disagree. And this is where there can be a bit of a parting of the ways. And this can be when it starts to become apparent that it is time to move on. If there are too many of those moments where you're not on the same path, maybe your time in that role is finished. Now, how do you leave a job with dignity and integrity? How do you do that? How do you courageously resign and move on without leaving a trail of destruction behind you? I've got some basic tips. I think the first one I've already mentioned, which is knowing the difference between healthy working relationships and friendships. You can't stay in a job for fear that you're going to lose a friend. But you also can't expect those relationships in that workplace to remain the same after you leave. A bit like me in the prison setting, once I left that job, those relationships were forever changed. Now, some of them have continued on quite healthily years later, years down the track, once we all got the prison out of our systems. But those friendships are different to what they were when we worked together. They're not the same and they never could be the same. Another point I really want you to think about, when you're considering leaving a job, have you given your boss the opportunity to address any concerns that you've got in your work? It drives me crazy when people don't bring their worries and concerns to me, but squirrel them away like chestnuts, waiting for the winter, hiding them, not talking, and then all of a sudden their problems are insurmountable because there's so many of them that have racked up over time and they've become bigger than Ben-Hur because they've racked up over time. And then there is no option but for the person to leave because they've become so unhappy or they've become so stressed and overwhelmed. Your boss wants you happy in your job. They also want you happy in your life and your career. If you're not happy in your job, your boss is going to want to know how they can make that better for you. And if they can't make it better for you, they want to know how they can help you either find a better way of doing the work that you do or giving you your blessing to go on to a bit to a, you know another role, a better role, a different role, or a more advanced role, whatever it might be, whether with them or with another organization. So talk to your boss. And if you can't talk to your boss, find someone in the organisation who's an appropriate other person to talk to. So it might be the two I see. And this brings me to our next point. Don't gossip. 
don't gossip and cause drama. Don't stand in the corner. Don't do that thing that high school kids do. Remember that you're an adult. You need to find adult solutions. And when you're finding your work difficult or stressful, you need to remember exactly where you are and what you're doing. You're being paid to be in a workplace. You don't cause drama and you don't gossip. You take an adult stance and you find your boss or the two I see and you talk with them about any problems that you've got. Now, when you're resigning from a job, there's a really easy way to do this. You don't have to wait until things blow up and have a tantrum and storm out. You don't have to make your boss wrong. You don't have to make your job wrong. There's nothing wrong with having a conversation. Now, I've, I've had lots of people over the years leave my team. You know, I've, I've been a business owner for 20 years. I've owned a group private practice for 10. In those 10 years, I've had many clinicians come and go and admin staff come and go. And I can tell you there are good ways and bad ways of leaving a job. A bad way is to gossip about it with other people and have um, other, other team members find out that you're leaving before the leadership team knows that you're leaving. That's a, leaving. That's a really bad way of leaving a job. Getting a friend to ring up and say you've left the country, mind you, is also a really bad way of leaving a job. Now, a good way to leave a job is to catch up with your boss and to say, um, I need to have a word with you when you've got some time. Um, and then you so you arrange your time to meet with them. And then you say to them quite openly and honestly, I think I've reached the end of my road in this role. I think it's time for me to move on and find new opportunities, new experiences and expand and grow. And I feel like I've grown as much as I can in this role. And I'm hoping that you'll support me uh, in finding another opportunity elsewhere. Um, in an appropriate amount of notice, find out what the appropriate amount of notice is in your organisation, depending on what you're doing. If you're working in retail, the amount of reasonable notice would be different to whether you're working as a mental health professional, because mental health professionals have clients who rely on them. So the amount of notice needs to take that into consideration too. Now, your boss might be shocked. You need to sit and be quiet for a minute, let them process what you've said, and then have a conversation about it. What can I do to make this transition easier as I leave this workplace? What would you like me to do to make it simple and straightforward? Now, most bosses are going to respect you for that. Obviously, sometimes there are unpleasant people in this world who don't. But overall, most bosses are going to respect you for being honest about what you're doing, being honest about you know, your feelings, but also offering to make it a simpler transition, as simple as you can. Now, once you've done all that, when you're in your notice period, now this is the danger zone. This is the time when people start behaving badly. And I have seen it time and time and time again, let me tell you. This is where people start to gossip and cause drama. This is where people start to make their boss wrong because during that notice period, that's when people will start to get the mixed feelings 
about I'm excited for my new opportunity, but I'm sad about leaving this team. And so I need to make this role bad so that I can just be excited about my new opportunity because I don't want to change my mind. I don't want to be talked into staying. I don't want to be regretting my decision. So I'm going to make this situation as bad as I can make it in my own mind so that when I leave, I'll, I'll be celebrating because I'm so excited about my new job. I see that play out time and time and time again. And it makes me furious because it destabilises everyone around you. When we're finding the proof of the courage that we need to leave a job with dignity, we, meet, we need to remember and respect the relationships that we've got. To remember that up until we were ready to leave, we were doing okay. We need to remember that our bosses have feelings too. We need to remember that careers are built on relationships and if we go burning bridges all around us, that's not going to serve us well in the future when our circumstances change because everything changes. Now, what about when you've gone? What happens then? You've moved on to your new job and you're missing your workmates. What do you do then? This is where, again, just remember the difference between friendship and healthy working relationships. There's nothing wrong with touching base with someone once in a while that you've worked with to see how they're going and to tell them that you, you know, you're enjoying your new job. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with wanting to have a social drink with the people that you worked with once before. Nothing wrong with that at all. And in fact, some of those form of working relationships come, but don't mistake them the minute you've walked out the door for being actual friendships. Let the dust settle. Wait until you're settled in your new role. Wait until the team you've left has settled, you know, filled that little U-shaped hole in their team and just give everybody, yourself included, time to breathe. Do not be texting every member of that former team as often as you possibly can asking how they're doing, asking how people are coping without you, asking whether or not they want to come and join you in your new job, asking what's, what's going on in the old office, looking for gossip. It is so destabilising, so disrespectful to your former colleagues who will have mixed feelings about what you're doing, trust me on that one, and to yourself. You do yourself a disservice by behaving like that. It needs to stop when you catch yourself doing it. And it's really disrespectful to your new team and your new boss. You need to focus your attention on what you're doing in your new job, not have one foot in each camp because that's not going to serve you in the long run. So I want you to remember you deserve an excellent career. You have a right to make choices about when you leave one job for another. You have the absolute right to plan your career to be as fulfilling as it possibly can be. We've only got one life. There's plenty of shitty jobs around. Why not choose a good one? Why not? If you're unhappy in work, don't make others unhappy around you. Pull your socks 
up, get out of there. If you're unhappy at work and you can see an opportunity to make it better, do that. You've got the right to be happy at work. You can't control the business decisions of your boss if, they, if you disagree with them. You can offer your suggestions, but you can't control that. You can only control what you do. And if you don't like the way things are working out in your workplace, of course you should have a conversation with your boss about it. Of course you should give them the opportunity to address your concerns. You should not be gossiping and causing drama. And if it comes down to it and you've decided the time is right for you to move on, deal with it respectfully and maturely. Like I say, you've only got one life. You've only got one reputation too. You want to look after both of those things as best as you possibly can. Thank you for joining me today. This is Tess Crawley, clinical and forensic psychologist, business owner and mentor. I will be back with the Finding Proof podcast again next week. Don't forget you can subscribe to the podcast on all of the sexy podcast platforms. You can also be watching my Facebook live show every Thursday at 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Time. And if you're following me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube, you will catch other bits and pieces that I might share with you from time to time. But in the meantime, thank you for joining me today. Bye-bye for now.